0: Welcome to the Braving the Waves and Bridging the Gap podcast. Stories of unsinkable resilience and resolving stigma. I'm your host, Michaela, and each week we explore stories with young people in our communities. You'll leave with a refreshing take on storytelling that will encourage you to venture deeper into and perhaps share your own story. Thank you so much for listening. That's a step in and of itself. And enjoy this week's episode. This week, Michaela speaks with Ryan Forsyth, an award-winning mental health speaker, advocate, fundraiser, and unsinkable community champion and founder of The Gentleman's Club. Ryan is passionate about helping men open up about their mental health struggles and helps educate men on the harms of toxic masculinity and the patriarchy. In this episode, we reflect on exploring mental health as we grow up, on learning, understanding diverse aspects of mental health for everyone, healthy masculinity, tough conversations, when to use your voice and when not to, and how accountability and caring for your mental health coexist. Enjoy. Amazing. So we are here today with Ryan, and I literally just love talking to you every time that we've had the chance to talk, just... Oh, so many insightful things and I'm very excited about today and kind of getting to pick your brain. We're switching seats a little bit from, I think, the last time we spoke and you interviewed me. Um, I'm just very excited. So I thought we would start with uh, one of the questions that's going to be a recurring uh, prompt kind of throughout the entire podcast, which is, if you could tell your story in six words, what would they be and Why?
1: It's so funny you sent these as prompts, and uh, I should have thought a better before I turned on the mic. But here we go. Uh, six words to describe my story. Six words or less, probably uh, regular person struggles through difficult times. Um, I, I use that because a lot of my story probably isn't quite as intense or uh, maybe traumatic as you'd hear from a lot of other people who are activists or advocates in this space. I think the common narrative for a lot of people with mental illness uh, and who struggle with mental health is sort of they went through something incredibly difficult in their life um, and they found a way to either overcome uh, get through it. And now they're on this other side of, you know, feeling better. And now they're, they're ready to share their story with people to, to really help others. My story isn't quite like that. Well, well, obviously, like everybody, you experience difficult times. But for myself is, you know, I grew up in a regular white middle class family. I was popular in high school. I had good grades. Uh, I had family who loves me and friends who loved me and, uh, you know, everything that life is supposed to, you know, that you're supposed to want in life I had. And yet for whatever reason it was, I just found so much difficulty, um, experiencing joy and being happy. And I continue to struggle to this day. So, you know, um, the, again, the common narrative completely like was the opposite of what I was experiencing. I think more often than not, a lot of people wouldn't associate that with mental struggles or mental illness, but that's sort of what I bring to the table when I'm sharing my story.
0: Yeah, which is so important because, I mean, it comes back to that notion of like, gratitude and pain and like all of that coexists and nobody is immune like no matter what no matter your background or who you are how you grew up like any of those factors nobody's immune and that's such an important point to mention and reiterate because i think a lot of people who are in positions of great privilege get caught in that mindset of oh i have so much and why would i ever struggle or feel the way that I do. And that all coexists.
1: Yeah. I think in particular with young people too, when they first start experiencing, you know, mental health struggles, I think they put up a wall and are resistant to that. This might be something truly concerning because the, even in, I mean, you go throughout, um, you know, Hollywood movies, TV shows, uh, music, like all popular culture, the things that we, learn and internalize about mental health and mental illness comes from these and you think it might be either a complex mental illness or again the, the thing I just shared but when you're young and not really understanding what's going on you create a lot of stigma in yourself and you might be you know slower to get help or, or you know not get help to you reach more of a crisis level and I think recognizing like you said that anybody regardless of your background, Um, or where you come from, or who you are, can experience struggle. And education and recognizing that right off the bat is the key in order to get quick support. So you never reach that crisis point.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I want to narrow in a little bit on something you mentioned, which is like, as a young person, like, trying to fumble your way through finding language, even for what you're experiencing and how difficult even that can be like, oh, I know something's wrong, but I don't have words to <laughs> even begin to try and describe it. And I'm curious what your journey was like um, to actually generating like language and story and words and, and just how that came to be for you. Um, I know. Yeah. You shared your story on unsinkable and many other places, but how did you get yeah to that moment of having that language?
1: Well, it's interesting because I'm 31 now. So when I was experiencing this in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that long ago, you know, it was between 10 and 15 years ago when I was really struggling. And we just started to expand the conversation around mental health during that time. It wasn't really till I was like 18 in 2010 or 2012 when it really started to, the conversation really started to ramp up. So even myself growing up as a teenager, I didn't have any language and that's what led me to struggle because I fell into the same pattern that I just described and you go I mean for anybody being a teenager is messy um, regardless so you know I went through my first heartbreak and uh, I became really depressed and locked myself in my room for a summer and you know just listened to music and sort of isolated myself doing other things instead of you know going out and doing things that's a clear sign of depression, but I didn't recognize it. And my parents didn't recognize it because of sort of the timing of how this was all happening. Same Mm -hmm. when I was a really small kid and having panic attacks um, when I was like 11 and 12. I didn't like, was that just something that was supposed to happen? Is this normal? Is it not normal? I, I didn't know. So I never really said anything about it and just sort of dealt with them as they came. And then Again, once I got to 21 and, you know, my whole life started to change, I just graduated college, all my friends in high school were sort of off doing other things. I was moving back to my small town and having to, you know, quote unquote, start my life now, my career and doing all these things. Um, I became incredibly depressed and, um, externally that was happening and all these other things were happening in in my internal brain. And that led me to, uh, wanting to, uh, well, attempting to take my life. So if I had that language or we had a little bit more knowledge, I don't think I ever would have got to that point because I would have recognized getting help sooner. In terms of me starting to recognize all this language and, and really starting to, um, push forward in my own sort of well-being and and healing journey. That really didn't come to later until I was uh, 23, I think, 24, 25, uh, 2015, first sharing my story online after seeing so many people sharing their story. And that's when it all started to click. Um, I realized Mm -hmm. that, you know, there were actually a lot of people struggling because as soon as I shared my story, I had people that I knew that were acquaintances, friends, family, and even strangers sharing their story or saying they go through the same thing. And not knowing that ever before, um, I started to realize, you know, this is actually, it's sort of morbid to say, but quite normal that people are struggling. Um, and that sort of just opened my eyes to what the world was going through and what people in my community and life were going through. And uh, just, normal conversations uh with people you know um you mentioned we chatted on my podcast getting to know people like you connecting with people like you and and others at unsinkable and and all these different places that my life has now touched um it's it's you know taught me so much about the human experience and and life and that just continues to this to this day expand my knowledge on not just mental health but so many different Subjects in our culture and our society, and I think that's, you know, education is one, and then communication is another, which are the two key things that helped me, really expand my mind and, uh, and learn about this this subject.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and that that journey is is so important. And like you're saying too, in in youth, I think there's another element of it where. There's a lot of labels that get tossed at you like teenagers are moody and are impulsive. And, you know, there's some brain chemistry there as well Um, as you're growing up, of course, hormones. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think those labels can be really, really difficult for how like you frame, you know, something like depression and what those symptoms look like versus, you know, just having mood swings kind of generally as a teenager, like all of that kind of mushing together. And then, you know, to not have language to navigate that is, is really tough. And I'm very curious if you think you would tell your story slightly differently as a kid versus a teenager versus an adult. And then maybe even in the future, do you have any thoughts on how you might tell it differently?
1: I mean, my story remains the same, but always changes because, um, I myself am evolving constantly with, with new people in my life, with new experiences, with new, n- d- new struggles and, and difficulties that I've never experienced before. So I think the, the story, the, the main points are always going to stay the same, but things will change. I think if I look back on, on who I was as a kid is, Uh, I would tell it differently because uh, I, I, how do I put this? You know, I wasn't the person then who I am now. And I I make jokes sort of um, in dating and, and stuff because I think everybody goes through these, these little phases. They're a little different, but I think everybody goes through generally the same phases in life because we're experiencing new things and, life is changing. You're going off to university. You're starting a job. You're, you know, uh, in high school, surrounded by the people you've known your whole life. So everything's going to be a little different, but generally they are going to follow this the same general structure. Um, and all I can say is I didn't have the same information then that I did now. So I wasn't maybe as empathetic as I should be. Did I participate in bullying? Absolutely. And I've had to have some tough conversations with with people from my, you know, from my past who were still connected, but maybe not friends anymore, or or we haven't talked in years. And whether that's because I've hurt them um, through being a kid and bullying them, or whether I did, you know, stupid things like ghosting people when we were dating, you know, there's There's different elements, and unfortunately, one of the biggest things about learning experiences is it comes at the expense of somebody else, because that's how you truly learn. I think as a man, that's Mm -hmm. also really important to understand that we grow, but it often comes at the cost of somebody else for us to learn. And so the story would be different because I didn't have the same information or the same thoughts or the same level of empathy or compassion or knowledge that I have now.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is such a good response and so well said, I think. And yeah, just to be able to reflect that way on our past because I, it's very easy, I think, sometimes to look back and say or notice maybe all of the moments where we've been a victim or where we've been hurt and tell our stories that way versus interweaving. These are also the moments where I hurt somebody else and that was very much a part of my story and growth. Um, especially when we're young, because we don't recognize <laughs> some of that stuff as easily or don't have the tools or skills to to have those conversations with people when it happens, kind of like you're saying, and you learn that as as you grow up. And I would really, really love to talk about your kind of newest venture, I guess, a Gentleman's Club. And I just love that idea. And I feel like it's a good segue from what you were just just talking about so would love if you want to share a little bit more about where that came from story anything
1: yeah so I we talked about the podcast which was a a passion of mine for five years Um, and I decided to close that chapter and open this one but they're both very much connected when I started that podcast I was Curious. I was well intentioned, but ultimately, I was ignorant and naive in a lot of different things. And with that podcast, when I set out to do that, um, I accomplished exactly what I wanted to accomplish: was sitting down with people for an amount of time, a long amount of time, like we were sitting for a coffee or out for a drink or whatever, and really exploring different ideas and stories and their life experience in a in a safe, non-judgmental manner. But sometimes, you know, the questions that I would ask, especially off the beginning, were, again, me curious about things, things like white privilege, things like racism, um, things like the patriarchy, things that I didn't quite grasp or understand, and I was having a really difficult time trying to navigate the the learning of that through social media and so by talking to people directly face to face or i guess through a screen once the pandemic happened it allowed me to one humanize the topics and humanize the conversation and then also learn it in a way that i i could interpret and grasp that helped me start to understand and um, realized there were a lot of things that I had to unlearn um, in the ways mm-hmm. that I was brought up and the experiences that I've had in the past. So, so through this whole evolution, which included mental illness, it included you know the LGBTQ community, it um, included you know black indigenous people, uh, South Asian people. We just I talked to so many different people from all around the world. And what it taught me, is that if I were to be a, a well-intentioned, you know, cis white man who really wants to be involved with this this mental health conversation and be a public face to this conversation is I needed to understand all aspects of mental health, not just straight white people mental health. And yeah, what led that into this project that I wanted to start is, I see so many young men going into this pipeline of men's mental health and and men's rights that I believe to be unhealthy and not, one, not going to help men as individuals, but not going to help the community at large. And so what I wanted to do is create sort of a a platform, very much like Unsinkable as the inspiration, where... I could focus on men's mental health and men's uh, or healthy masculinity, but in a diverse and inclusive sort of way. So, including the voices of many different men um, from all across the spectrum, uh, including the voices of women and non-binary folks, because what we know about men's mental health and masculinity and the patriarchy, toxic masculinity, is that generally affects women and women's mental health. So you really can't have a conversation about men's mental health without also including women because that's who it almost affects uh, just as much as the individual man. So what I want is a community of men um, to learn from this platform and become involved in this platform where we build something that will lead men to what I believe to be a much healthier, safer and um, well-intentioned sort of journey into their self-healing and um, healing the community and society at large.
0: Yeah. Oh gosh, where where were you sooner? <laughs> <laughs> we so need that kind of a community, and oh, it's just so important. And I, so many when I mean, you write, so many mental health spaces are they're either uninclusive or they they tend to be very dominated by women just because, you know, for whatever reason, that's who's sharing um, or, you know, who's given the opportunity or feels that they can share and feel safe to share. And so creating that community for men, um, it's just, yeah, so important. And it, it takes down that, that barrier. Right. Um, So very, very grateful that you're, you're building that and working on it. And I hope everybody listening will go and go and check it out. And uh, I was just looking through your website today and I was like, ah, oh, this is amazing. So, yes.
1: Thank you. Well, thank you. And, and it's very new. We're, we're continuing to build. I just launched it a couple of weeks ago. Um, but what we know 100% is not only is there a mental health crisis, but there's a men's mental health crisis. And yeah. the way I look at it is we're at this sort of junction point in life where men are being asked to be held accountable for things that have happened in the past and the actions that they take now, while also working on bettering them, bettering themselves. And sometimes in this conversation, those two goals can sort of clash. And what we need to understand as men is it is okay to be asked to be accountable for the things that you do, and we have a responsibility to both heal internally, heal externally, and heal our communities. And what I mean by that is the the internal is the men asking for help, um, you know, being vulnerable, exploring their needs and their boundaries, um, you know, doing things other than just going to the gym or, or drinking or doing drugs and, and self-medicating to try to hide the pain and, it, and instead yeah. explore that pain. And then externally, we need to realize that, again, men's mental health really affects the whole world and society at large. So how do we start healing those relationships? How do we start bringing other voices to the table? How do we know when to use our voice and when do we know not to use our voice and how do we start navigating those things? Because I don't think being asked to be accountable is something you have to take deeply personal. Like I think a lot of people do on the internet. Um, I mean, that's just social media in a nutshell. Um, but what it can lead to is this, you know, sure there's going to be difficult conversations and difficult points along that journey, but when you're going through it, you're going to come out in such a healthier, more stable um mentally and emotionally where you know you can experience the things that you might have repressed in the past things that bring you joy that you might not wanted to have explored because you were scared of what other men or other people might say and in the end the goal is that you're going to be a lot happier you're going to have more Mm -hmm. uh, healthy and sustainable relationships with not only you know, your partners and your family, but with friends and and people at work and, you know, others. And I think that's what's really important. And the message I always want to get across is this doesn't have to be something negative. It can be something extremely, extremely positive for not only yourself, but for everybody. And that's what we're trying to create here.
0: Yeah, so well said. And yeah, it just comes back to kind of what we're talking about a little bit at the beginning where it's like, you know, accountability and compassion like very much coexist they like they have to coexist and you can really only be in that space of holding yourself accountable and being willing to listen and hear somebody out if you are well yourself and that's what creates like you said the ability to actually walk into those conversations that are maybe going to be difficult but if you've taken care of your mental health and you are feeling well and supported and in community and all of those things, then you're just, you know, so much more able and and ready and and safe to to do those things and have those conversations. And it's a good segue into the very last question I want to ask, which is thinking about your biggest supporters or your cheerleaders in life, the people who are behind you and you felt kind of all the way what do you think they would say about everything that you have done and advocated for and sharing your story and all of that? How would they celebrate you?
1: Well, I hope they would be proud of me. Um, I would hope that they're happy for me. The The thing is when I, I look at, at my family and, and I look at my friends, because of mental illness, and I'm sure you can relate to this is, you're not always the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sometimes you don't show up the way you want to. Sometimes, you know, you're, you know, MIA because you, you know, whether you've had to isolate because you're struggling or because you feel like you're a burden um, or you feel that, you know, that you just don't have the capacity in order to maintain that relationship because you can't even maintain the relationship with yourself at that point. And so, you know, that's something I've thought about a lot is how I haven't always been the best friend to people and um, I haven't always been able to show up in ways that I've wanted to. So, when I think about my family and when I think about my friends, I am just so internally grateful for them because they understand me and they grant me so much grace and compassion for my struggles you know they don't take anything personally um they're they let me know that they're there because they understand sort of because they've been with me for so long they start to understand how my brain works and they understand when to lean in and when to back off and I mean without these people I mean I wouldn't be here to be perfectly honest and that does make me emotional like talking about this and thinking about them so you know everything that I do and I give back, you know I want them to know that it's not just me saying these things; it's also me representing them um, when I'm talking about these things, or I'm, I'm giving interviews, or I'm writing an article, or you know whatever sort of venture I'm on, is that they're with me one hundred percent of the way in my in my mind when I'm I'm talking about these topics because they've taught me so much they've given me so much and so i share in everything i have i share it with them and so i would want them to know that and that i just you know thank thank you thank you for for everything you've ever done for me and um yeah i hope I, i'm i hope they're proud and i hope uh that i continue to make them proud
0: I'm positive that they are and I, I know that you will. And that's uh that's a beautiful way to wrap up and thank you so much for for everything that you shared and and walked into today in this space. I think it just shows how powerful community is and when you find people and they are out there, support really truly is out there. Um, and your people are out there. It just yeah, it just shows how incredible that is and how much it can change your life and your health and your sense of safety and well-being and all of those things. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Michaela. It was nice to be on the other side for once. And uh, (laughs) thank you for all you do in launching this. And I really appreciate uh, the time you spent here today.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Braving the Waves and Bridging the Gap podcast. You can find much more information about this week's storyteller, resources, and related links in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, leave a review, and follow us on socials. And lastly, don't ever forget that you are unsinkable. Just being here, listening, helps you swim and keep your boat afloat. Thanks everyone.